Welcome to the Cult Popcast. I'm your host. I'm your host, Gabriel Montgomery. I'm your host, Cortana. I'm gonna need you now. Yeah, dude. Sometimes I felt like he was channeling Batman when he was speaking. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Silver Team, on me. <laughs> Is the Silver Team specific to this, like, quote-unquote universe? Silver Team for a Silver Timeline. Yeah, that's why they call it the Silver Timeline. His, his squad in the OG lore is uh, blue team. Oh. Are there other colors? I can't remember for different squads. Not the is day. Osiris a color? <laughs> oh, yeah, they use other names that aren't colors. Osiris. Noble? Is that a color? No. Maybe. Like a noble. I feel like there's like a black team, maybe, in the books. No, you're right. Do you guys hear Vangelis died today? Wait, what? Or yesterday? Yeah, Vangelis passed away. I, I thought he had already been dead for a long time. Vangelis scored Blade Runner and Chariots of Fire, the yeah. iconic synth uh, music. He's, yeah, that's him, yeah. Memories of Green, all that stuff. So shout out to Vangelis. We'll see you soon one day, buddy. Up in that great synthetic. Music up Vangelis. Uh, Halo up in, in the sky. Up in that great Moog in the sky. Gabe, who do we have with us here today? We've got back. Due to popular demand, after all this time, friend of the show, Bryce. Who demanded? <laughs> I said, I was said Stephen. It's Bryce Reef. He's back. Bryce. Or it's Bryce. Hi. It's great to have you back. It's good to be back. When was the last time I was here? Bad Batch. Oh, did we do that? Yeah. Did, I, did we? Bad Batch season one, I think. Oh yeah, I guess Episode. we did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was um, well, Snyder think, Cut was the last one, but I guess you're right. Bad yeah. Batch. No, I think we wanted to have you on for. Boba. In the book of Boba Fett, but I tore that one asunder. <laughs> I solely just sank that ship. I think that was when you were in Georgia and the timing was kind of tricky. Oh, that's right. The that's country right. of. That's right. You were country in Georgia. Of. We mentioned that that you, you were gone in Georgia on that episode. Oh. Do you want to talk about Georgia? Georgia's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Cool country. If you guys get a chance to visit, it's next to Ukraine, correct? Maybe not it's, right now. But, well, I'd say right now is a great time to visit because Russia ain't looking at them. <laughs> I wonder but, if it's cheaper or more expensive as far as tourism goes. With probably war. a lot of refugees right now. Yeah, it's a few, but most of them are in like Poland and Romania and Russia. But yeah, it doesn't touch Ukraine directly. But I was there like during the buildup, so like mid-February, and I left just a couple of days before the invasion started. And my That's friend crazy. who I was there so with um, uh, in Georgia, he went to this like huge protest with like tens of thousands of people in Georgia in Georgia yeah because they had um Russia invaded them just in like 2008 so they right. they, they kind of know the feeling if anybody knows it's the Georgians but yeah really really fascinating stuff um honestly wish I was there for that but <laughs> was your trip good though overall yes yeah was, um trip was awesome it's just really affordable to travel around there just a really unique place i I don't know what to say you had wendy's pizza i did have wendy's pizza while i was there describe taste oh man um i'd assume cardboard (laughs) well well, i want to preface by saying there there was multiple wendy's like the regular wendy's and it was like in the georgian script which is kind of looks like elvish or something and wicked and then there was another one called wendy's pizza and so they had like regular food at the regular wendy's but they had just pizza at wendy's pizza but it was still the same branding was it popular enough to like there's only one in like the middle of the city so but (laughs) but, you know we had to order it It was like the first food i ate i think (laughs) i think you actually might have sent us a picture i think i did it looks it looked good it tasted 
pretty good, but it had like a weird like plasticky yeah. aftertaste. <laughs> I, would assu- I would assume like really Little Caesars esque. It was like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highlight of the trip. Is your friend still there, Bryce? Uh, no, he lives in uh, Scotland, so he's back gotcha. back there now. Scotland. He lives in Scotland and Edinburgh. 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 But he's from the states. How many syllables is Edinburgh? They make it one, but it should be three. Or four. Can, three. Can you Edinburgh. do that in one syllable? It should be four. Edinburgh. I'll try. Edinburgh. 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 Well, we're not talking about Edinburgh today. <laughs> no, we're talking we're about we something that is near and dear to the people in the room's hearts. Except, except for, for mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Halo. The new series from Paramount Plus. Yes. Long awaited. Long awaited. Long overdue. Yeah. Um, the Paramount series. Maybe we should start Halo. with a, a brief history of uh, a, b- a brief history. A brief, <laughs> a Bryce brief history of the Halo as it was, as it is, a uh, film and/or television production, a live-action production. So, just a quick overview. Maybe start with the games. Start with the games. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Halo is a really just enormously popular first-person shooter franchise um, and strategy game franchise. Halo Combat Evolved was like the premier like first-person shooter, kind of like brought consoles into the mainstream. It was the like Xbox title. Wasn't games. it because it was like the launching title of Xbox? It was the launch title, yeah. With yeah. The, 2001. Yeah. So I remember right? yep. when Xbox first came out, it was like halo or nothing yeah yeah so those two things have always been like intrinsically tied halo and xbox yeah even to this day even to this day yeah so um (laughs) i don't know where to go from here there's been a couple games in the series it's been a halo 2 a halo 3 nice uh prequel called halo reach were they all well received um yeah Yeah. (laughs) honestly bungie's games were pretty yeah so so we'll go back a little bit The, the first like 10 years of the game's development was uh, headed by this company called Bungie. Pretty widely loved those games. Same company that makes the Destiny games now. Oh. Um, another, they, I think they sold it to... Um, well, they never owned it. It was because when they were making Halo, they were Microsoft. bought out by Microsoft. That's right, that's so right. So they left Microsoft after Reach circa 2010. Yeah, 2010. To, at their time, their mission was to just kind of move away from Halo and create something new as an artist is often wanted to do when they're tied to a property for so many years. Yeah. Truly. And that's when they started Destiny. Microsoft creates a studio called 343, which continues making Halo games starting at Halo 4. Right. Yep. Was that Reach? No, Reach was Bungie's swan song for Halo was around like 2010. Was that like a Halo 4, like a true Halo 4, or was that Halo 3? No, Halo Reach was a prequel to it the Halo It was the fourth trilogy. Halo game yes well it's a little confusing (laughs) it actually was like the seventh or sixth but um let's backtrack a little bit give the timeline of the games right yeah yeah. okay so we start with halo Mm one widely widely loved it was huge first person shooter iconic halo two also iconic halo three also iconic that's kind of where where i came into the picture 
It was around the launch of the Xbox 360. Still Bungie. Still Bungie. Mm-hmm. Still amazing. Um, they made a kind of spinoff to that a uh, year or two later called Halo ODST. Reach. Plays a kind of different <laughs> different kind of character. Um, That's Nathan Fillion. Or not, he was in there. Nathan Fillion was in it. That was fun. Guy. Oh, he was? Yeah. How funny. And they had a game called Halo Wars, which was like a real-time like bird's-eye view like strategy game. I don't think I've ever heard of that game. Um, very... Pretty pretty well pretty, liked as yeah. well for those who like those kind of games. Um, <laughs> for a console, it was pretty good. It was it was very fun. Um, that's top is a top down strategy game. Yeah, in the same way like you know Civilization or oh, Age, of Empires. Age of Empires plays. But I yeah. think it was geared more towards like combat and less towards like building building stuff up. So Weird. It was, so a game would take place over the course of like thirty minutes to sure. an hour sure. rather than ten. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a cool game. I have a lot of memories of like my brother and his friends setting up Xboxes all around our house in different rooms, yeah. and like playing in a match. Like I would go between me and my friends would be like going between the rooms and watching them. It was really fun. That sounds fun. So yes, Halo Wars, and then um, uh, I may have butchered those two: ODST and Wars. I don't know which one came first. But then there was Halo Reach, mm-hmm. also pretty widely loved. I would consider that my favorite of the series. Yeah. 2010 um, that was Bungie's last game yeah, that, I think was, that reach, was a prequel in the story yes. yeah it was a prequel okay. to the original trilogy so yeah. I, I would I would consider it like the uh, ro- very much the rogue one I was of, about to say that of Halo in yep. fact story wise it's extremely similar every <laughs> character dies trying to like yeah with this suicide mission to like you know basically save humanity and it, it <laughs> they, off. they put the plans in r2d2 and yep, yep. exactly and it runs right into the first game <laughs> yeah yeah real, scene literally scene. yeah scene to scene exactly like rogue one yeah the planet they're on even basically gets blown up <laughs> at the yeah. very end it's like shockingly similar um yeah then bungie left so then bungie left mm-hmm. um then there was halo 4 that was fine that was like we're our first real taste of like a 343 project <laughs> It, it just, they kind of, um, <laughs> Halo games have always kind of been rooted in like how, um, how slow they are, which sounds kind of weird for an appealing thing for a game title, but, um, yeah. they're pretty like slow paced arena kind of shooters and mm-hmm. the, the Halo 4, um, made it a little bit more Call of Duty-esque, a lot more speed and like arcadiness to it, um, which some people liked. I liked a lot of that, but um, that sounds actually really cool to me. Yeah, no, it was, it was a cool experiment, you know. Um, but but the whole time you're just like, wow, I kind of want to play yeah. Halo Reach again. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Halo Five was a similar concept, um, just to the nth degree. It was like way faster, way more arcadey. Um, and then that one to to make it worse had like just abysmal story like i could not tell you a single thing that happened in that one and i love the halo the halo storylines <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't i didn't even play halo 5 yeah so <laughs> wow. whatever that one um was pretty pretty panned um and uh then there was a halo wars 2 somewhere in the mix a couple other like other games like for it's an ar- arcade game some other top-down kind of shooters. Halo just has so much content, it's kind of hard to get into it all. They got just dozens and dozens of books. Um, mm. I, get, I got pretty into those at one point. So there's yeah. like an expanded universe. So, so what I'm saying is it's like Halo. Star Wars level of yeah. like the amount of content there is. And, okay. and I would say for Gabe and I, it's like 
a universe that like we've been as invested in as we have been in Star Wars at different times in yeah our lives. absolutely and I'd, I'd say even more so right now. So so after that, were there any more games before Infinite? No, no. So yeah, there was like a six year gap. And now Halo Infinite, the current Halo Infinite, Halo title, is the current Halo title is the, the most recent iteration of yep. like the continuing the story or yep. yeah, okay. basically yep. Halo Six, but the story keeps like changing in terms of like. It's not a direct continuation of Halo 5. Yeah. It's just kind of doing its own thing. And it looks like 343 wants to set this up. And I might have mentioned this on another podcast, but they want to probably use this as a platform like Destiny to like build they, off yes, of they've in definitely the coming said years. That. They've called it a 10-year game. Yeah. Whoa. I would say, yeah, the, the last few Halos went through a very similar thing as like the uh, sequel trilogy of Star Wars, where yeah. I think that's a very... There's a lot of Star Wars comparisons. Sure. And, and the yeah. way they've been received yeah. um, is is infinite like a good game? I I think it's is it like a return? Is it a return to full, like reach level? I, yeah, I'd say gameplay wise and the way it just feels absolutely yes. Um, yeah, in some ways the feel is certainly one of those ways. Yes, yeah. I would say though. <laughs> what do you mean feel like the way that, the, the way, way the that, game actually plays? Like the kind of weightiness of the combat and the okay, yeah. not the actual like aesthetic. And the aesthetic as well. Okay. I'd say the aesthetic is, is spot on. It's so it's, the, it's a departure from 4 and 5 then? For sure. They, they definitely returned to like the bungee roots, I'd say. They tried, um, yeah. It's like post-Last Jedi backlash. They're like, okay, we're going to rewind a little bit. Yeah. And run yeah. it back. Yeah. So, okay, on a personal level, <laughs> how do you guys feel about, before this show came into being, what were your feelings or like personal attachment to this franchise or this IP? Halo and Bungie are integral. I mean, I, I think, yeah, we mentioned this, I think. We've uh, talked about it before. On one of our talks sure. with the NWO guys, because they yeah. were asking us about stuff that affect, or influenced us. Influenced us growing up, yeah. And Halo was even bigger than Star Wars for me as a kid because it, it went even beyond science fiction. And it, it has this appeal, I think, to a lot of like guys because it's got all this other stuff from like military uh, influence and... Um, yeah. I even, like I said, I hadn't played Halo 5, but I, I still feel very close to this IP, and I still follow it to this day. Uh, as is evident, I watched every episode of Halo as it came out, even in the face of neglecting other content that I was potentially more interested in. Yeah. I had to know what was going to happen with Halo. Yeah. There, there was no world in which I didn't watch a show. Yeah. <laughs> even if it was terrible. Yeah. So I uh, personally was very in- invested up to this point for 20 years i've been you know playing and watching halo that's like my dedication to pokemon games yeah Yeah. honestly um so for you it's the same i guess it's yeah really similar i mean it was such a big social thing for me so it's so tied to like growing up and like hanging out with my friends like playing halo making maps on halo and like making Mm -hmm. our own game modes and whatnot it's really tied to like and my relationship with my brother too like that was a, a thing we'd do early on like i'd watch him play halo um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned lands because that's like when Halo one and the Xbox dropped in 2001, like we had like lands on PC before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With tons of other FPS arcade shooters. But when Halo dropped, it like really changed the game and really affected like not just pop culture, but like communities of friends on a small yes. and a large scale mm-hmm. in yeah. such a profound way. And even leading up to like Halo two, they had Xbox live, which changed the game again. Halo every step of the way, like for in the 2000s, was like such an important part of like American culture. And yeah, I, I'd say of of people our age, 
Um, I'd say Halo definitely had an impact in some way. People, you at least know the music. You at least know mm-hmm. maybe like that there's a character named Master Chief or Cortana or something. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say it's had a, a pretty... I mean, it may be skewed because I've been so in it for so long, but I would like to think it's had a pretty significant cultural impact, which is shown by the fact that there is a absolutely massive budget show on on Paramount right now. Um, Yeah, and it's taken a while to get there. I want to ask, before we get into the show, this will be the last question. Can you just set the stage of what the hell Halo is about? Uh, Like, on a a big, like, macro general level? It's like super soldiers versus aliens, essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, to people that know nothing, I consider yeah, yeah. me the person that knows nothing. The premise, the base premise, from, at least from the games. Yeah. From 20 years ago was 500 years in the future. Humanity is basically the same, except we've, we've spread out into the galaxy and colonized uh, many planets. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere around that time, we start to run into this alien empire known as the Covenant, which is this conglomeration of several different species of intergalactic creatures mostly humanoid. And they start just kind of uh, wiping us out indiscriminately um, up to a point where we start to find out more about their motivations. But it's an existential threat for our species. And that's where the first game begins is where we, we and the Covenant find this thing called Halo, which is this giant ring world installation in deep space, which sets the stage for this final stage of this uh, galactic conflict um, incorporating other things like the flood that happened later on, which aren't really important, I guess, to today's conversation, because Halo wasn't even really in the show briefly. But yeah, that's that's the premise. That's where we're at. And so we follow our main character, our two main characters, Master Chief, who is a Spartan. He is the the best of a line of genetically modified individuals who was. That's what a Spartan is. Yeah, yeah, a Spartan is a genetically modified. He's basically super Captain America with yes. state-of-the-art armor. Yep, and very much. A, and a shield, America. and he's very good at killing uh, bad guys. Yes, and, and he's he's he's, he's, he's very much like Captain America <laughs> in like the the propaganda sort of way. Like he is yes. like the savior of humanity. Like if they didn't have him, like he's the morale booster of like all of humanity because otherwise their backs are against the wall because they're fighting this you know existential threat. Yeah, and the key character dynamic in the series uh even to this day is his relationship with his ai companion who is called cortana she's the the blue woman <laughs> uh who's with purple him at, at one point yeah purple sometimes occasionally green i think yeah bluish to purple <laughs> she or the color can change yeah. but uh cortana is chief's muse and she is his constant companion and mm-hmm. um she's an ai made by the halsey. scientist halsey who's yeah. like in the suit Halsey was the woman, the scientist who created the Spartan program and is sort of a, an estranged mother figure for all these Spartans. Yep. And yeah, Cortana was modeled after Halsey. And it's also worth noting Cortana is like the most advanced piece of technology that I think humanity has ever had. So she's yeah. very capable of handling like, it's funny in some of the books they write, like she can like compute like an immense amount of data in like mm-hmm. seconds and it's it's fun to read that in the in the book because you're like oh wow this is kind of crazy hmm. okay so they've been trying to make a movie or a tv show out of halo for a long time so long yeah I, around halo three time 
Yeah, I think it's a, even slightly before that, after Halo 2 blew up the scene uh, and just injected itself into the zeitgeist. That's a fun word. Yeah, great word. Uh, or at least this is how the reports go online. Circa 2005, Fox and Universal got in bed together, talked to Microsoft about making a massive budget. I don't know if it was... It was probably a film initially because, you know, television at that time wasn't oh, yeah, yeah. what it the is The first now. time I ever heard about it, it was film. Yeah, movie. so they were going to make a Halo movie... I don't know what it would have been like then, because that was even It was before. like off the tail of Transformers films, I think. Oh, yeah. Everyone wanted to get some of this mid-2000s action yeah. going that on. That's the one that there was like an Alex Garland script for? Yes. I don't yeah. know if he was the first choice, but Alex Garland did pen a script, and it still floats around the yeah, internet it's... to this day. Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've read the whole thing, but I have looked at it, because it's it Alex sounds, Garland. Sounds unbelievable. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it was. It was cool for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. It would have been an awesome movie. The big name director tied to that was um, pre District Nine's Neil Blomkamp. Okay. He was courted by uh, Peter Jackson of all people, yeah. and then at some point Steven Spielberg's name was thrown in the pile. A lot of big names there. Yeah, yeah. there were there was a lot of steam rolling into it, and then I think they even started pre production with Weta, and um, oh. Microsoft or Universal. Someone started making some crazy stuff, some uh, outrageous claims or they wanted budget cuts or something and it went into pre-production hell pretty quickly um that's basically how we got district nine because peter jackson told neil uh he asked him like what, what do you want to do we got all this you know these resources floating around and so neil blomkamp got to make district nine which oh, really? like it catapulted him to stardom i did not know that was the case and so circa 2005 2006 2007 the halo movie went into a 15-year pre-production hiatus. But we did get some cool content around that time. Yeah, around the time of Halo 3. Yeah. Did Neil Blomkamp direct? I think he did direct the ODST short. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a few... Um, Halo's just been known for their really awesome marketing, too. Yes. Um, like, really cool, like, live-action storytelling. Like, live-action? Yeah. Or animatic, or...? Well, live-action, usually, yeah. Both. They even had a, a thing for Halo 3 called i think it was believe, believe yeah. which mm-hmm. was a, like a claymation claymation a massive of a miniature battle. set that they flew that around cool. it was an amazing marketing uh yeah. effort and then they also <laughs> ran like alternate reality games like leading up to halo 2 in 2004 with the i love bees campaign incredible like bungie was really fantastically creative with the way they were uh approaching the uh the trilogy of games back then yeah so yeah, that's that's. I, I would even continue with three four three. The marketing for even a game like Halo Five was like unbelievable. Yeah, they have they have kept it up actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They had like uh, those audio recordings. Was it Hunt the Truth? Yeah, they had like a fake podcast that you could listen to. Really? About like yeah, you know, finding the Master Chief because he's like gone rogue or something. Uh-huh. It was it was really cool. Yeah, that sounds there, there's still a lot of love for the franchise, even though it's kind of waxed and waned over the years. Yeah. So you got that kind of viral guerrilla marketing style. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That got really popular with like the Dark Knight era. Remember when that happened? Uh, at the at the Comic Con, it was a huge thing. No, I don't remember that specifically. They, like like Warner Brothers put out they defaced a bunch of dollar bills right. with like black eyes and red red mouths That's right yeah and yeah, they yeah. they like just shot out hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of one dollar bills the crowd out yeah the crowds at comic-con that's and cool that was like some of the first viral marketing do you have one of those dollars uh they circulated for a while i, r- I ran across a bunch of them and i just I, I don't think i kept one hmm. yeah 
Well, uh, you could make one. I'm sure I could show you. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Um, fast forward then back to I think a few years ago, Showtime had picked up Showtime. Uh, yep. Wow, the possibility for Halo. Uh, and then Steven sw- Spielberg's name was attached. Yeah, to that Steven point. Spielberg's still on the board. <laughs> uh, we we've run through several showrunners, and then I think Showtime dropped it or something, and Paramount Plus picked it up because we're in the streaming wars. Everybody's yeah. looking for content, specifically big budget flagship IPs, yeah, sci-fi sure. or fantasy to you know bring people in. Mm-hmm. And so Paramount Plus, it seems like you know it's right there with Star Trek in terms of like you know I I remember a year ago seeing like Halo. Uh, promotional material where there was this mm. one one commercial where everyone was gathered around a campfire, different characters from Paramount yeah, and properties. Chief there. And Master Chief was there and they're like humming the the iconic Halo score or something. It was kind of weird. And then, yeah, now we're here. They've just finished their nine episode series. I don't think they've released information on the future of the series, but there is greenlit for a second season. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they, yeah. I think they even have a different showrunner, you told yep. me. Yeah. <gasps> Really? Yeah, I don't know the specifics of that. I didn't look into that, but wonder why. If the I think it was kind of decided before the first season, um, yeah, was ever out or even marketed for that matter. Um, I don't know. It's just it's been it's been around the block in terms of the amount of creative, mm-hmm. the, the different creative teams that have been on the show, even in the process of making it. Um, it's been a journey. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a great it's been a great journey. journey. <laughs> It's a little reference to the show for you. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to describe that to Stephen before we started recording. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so here we are at the show. The context. Yeah. A lot of context. Cut to current day. Let me drop some names. It premiered in February, I think. March? March. Mid-March, yeah. March. And mm-hmm. it's the first time we've ever seen a live action Halo sh- series or film. Well, apart from apart from the ones that were filmed before, there were two little companion promotional mini series that released with Halo Four and Five, that yeah. just were pretty bad. I mean, there was like really nothing yeah. at home about really small release, um, like kind of like YouTube videos. There was a film. No, they were like official productions, but they were yeah. like low budget. And there was a mo- a movie too, right? Forward Unto Dawn or something. Oh. I yeah, I think they it. released it as a miniseries, and then they edited it into a movie at the end. But yeah, but this this is like this is the big one. It yeah. was it was yeah, Halo. I hardly count those, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were they good though? Ah, uh, they're fine. I mean, I no, think nothing really happened in them. They just weren't. Yeah, the thing about those were that they were all uh, like faithful to the story, or like more or less. Yeah, they, they tied into the stories yeah, yeah. of the games that they were promoting. Yeah, they weren't alternate timelines. They were just like fleshing out the world in some way. Yeah. So I don't even know how to begin talking about this. I'd love to just start with like the people involved. Okay. Are the final showrunners that we settled on, or the creators, the people that are credited with kind of helming this series, it's Stephen Kane and Kyle Killen, who neither of them have like a whole bunch of credits to their names. Kyle worked on uh, The Beaver. He has some stuff with Netflix. Fear Street, part Juan. I like that one. And Stephen Kane has done some shows. He worked on The Closer, The Last Ship, stuff like that. But I, I honestly don't know much about those guys other than, I mean, at this point now, they're responsible for the Halo we got. They've been outspoken saying <laughs> that they, uh, we, well, we should first say this this Halo series is uh, 
uh, not canon. It's silver timeline, which means we've taken the sandbox that we know and love, and we're telling a new story, essentially. And uh, Kyle and Steven have said that they uh, have not played the games, and they don't really care to, right? Yeah. They're doing their own thing uh, in their own way. Which, to, to many people who who really care about the IP, um, that could be like an egregious act, you know? It was the first pill to swallow, it, and it was yeah. large. Yeah, it was a big pill. It was like one of those those Dayquil pills. Yeah. It's a pretty big one. Would that be like an equivalent to being like, hey, we're going to make new Star Wars content, but we're not going to watch the original Star Wars films? Yeah. Or exactly, pay attention to exactly like the that. canon. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty egregious. Yeah. But it's a little different even still because they're telling the timeline of what Halo like is in the story, right? Yeah. Whereas Star Wars, they'd be like remaking the Star Wars trilogy and just changing mm. everything about it. Yeah, yeah. Even though we're still technically in prequel territory here because we haven't landed on Halo yet and Halo is the first set piece of the first game, so. Yeah. Uh, we have some directors. The main guy is Jonathan Liebsman, who you may know from such hits as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014. Was that the CGI one? Yeah, one of them. I think there were two, right? Or yeah. no, I mean, it was live action, but it was... Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. He did, Battle he did, Los Angeles. Yeah, Battle Los Angeles, which I think is a pretty fun little movie. You know, it's not uh, going to win an Oscar, but I think for what it is, and it That's was, the guy you want directing your Halo series. Wrath of not me, but we're here now, so... I know, I'm talking about Paramount. Uh, yeah. And uh, there were there were a few other people, but um, yeah, that's sort of the the creative team here. Also, three four three has had a large influence. Yeah, and our our version of Kathleen Kennedy in Halo is uh, what's her name? She's got such a metal name, and I'm forgetting it right now. Oh, it's Kiki Wolfkill, I think. And oh. so she and Frank O'Connor, and I think a lot of these three four three guys have been involved. But I couldn't say whether or not this is the story they would have wanted to tell because... Yeah, who knows? Even though 343's done their own thing with Halo, just like these people have, it still feels like they're faithful to the franchise. And a lot of older Halo devs like Marcus Leto have come out saying, this isn't the show you know that we probably would have made. This is not the show you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be honest, it was not the show I would have made. <laughs> or, I'm right there with you, brother. Or, or wanted for that matter. Um, but I think a key consideration in all of this is what exactly what you just said. Yeah. It's different. It's not really attached to, to Halo. And so... Yeah. So let's just jump right so let's into just, it. Let's just jump right in and what that, what that means. So then the to me that begs the question, since it has no previous attachment to the Halo canon that you know and love... Was it good enough to keep watching? I would agree. I would say yes. Would it uh, be able to stand on its own merit rather than like yeah. attachment to the... Like if someone who loves Halo can disassociate in their mind, like get over that hump that you were just describing. Mm-hmm. Like this has no previous attachment to the canon that I know and love. Should I keep watching this show? Like what merit does this have, you know? Uh, the perfect metric for that is someone who hasn't seen the show, yeah. right? Uh, and I think a lot of people who aren't familiar with Halo have watched Halo mm-hmm. on Paramount yeah. Plus. And you, I think on both sides of the board, you get a lot of different opinions, so. Yeah, I wanted to get that opinion from my dad. I started the show with him, and I was postponing watching it for so long because I was like, waiting to watch it with my dad. But mm-hmm. um, we watched the first episode together, and um, the first episode is shockingly violent. Yes. Like, 
the games have always kind of been known for being like, oh, like Halo's the rated M for mature series. Uh-huh. I wasn't <laughs> allowed to play them at first, but then I explained to my parents, it's just alien blood. It's alien <laughs> gore. Yeah. And, the, and yeah, so the games have never even strayed to like, even gore really for that matter. It's just blood and maybe some bad words here and there. Not even like sexual references or anything. Yeah. Unlike the show. Uh-huh. Um, but the show... <laughs> decides in the first 10 minutes yep. they're going to delete children they're going to <laughs> obliterate children with plasma weapons it, <laughs> it is brutal it's absolutely visceral. violent like i have like a, a pretty like strong palate for things like that but i was like uh, watching it the second time <laughs> on a big screen i was like this is tough <laughs> i watched it several times yeah and it was it was i was shocked honestly yeah. because that's like You've thrown all caution to the wind. And You're being recorded right now, by the way. I know, no, listen. No, there's a saying. I'm a nice ca- guy. There's a saying, it's called kill your darlings, and yeah. it's because of that reason. Yeah. It, it, it installed in me a sense of confidence, like a cautious optimism, which I already had, you know, starting the show, because it's a video game show. <laughs> yeah. And those don't usually go too well. Yeah, they, not a great track record in cinematic history for video games. True. True. It I it was such an incredible way to open the show, but not just for the level of like uh, the intensity and the the graphics the were immediately yes high. Yeah, yeah we've established the covenant you know and what they are for humanity the existential threat yes yep. yeah so uh, sorry I'll let you go on uh, about you're talking about your father oh yeah I mean long story short um, he said to me the next day that he doesn't want to watch it yeah. anymore <laughs> it's too much so I just watched it on my own <laughs> did he did he say that right after the first scene. Or after the first. Well, episode. he fell asleep shortly oh, after the first scene, it. as okay. he does, and uh, then the next day he was like, "Yeah, I don't know, like, watch that anymore." I was okay, like, I get it, I get it. That was a lot, but yeah. To be fair, it never goes there again. The show does not match that level of intensity. Well, yeah, in terms of killing again. children, it does not. Well, yeah, I I think on a couple points it gets close. Like in the first episode, I think the 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 Covenant mow down like a storage closet of young children. But yeah. you don't see it. You don't. You don't see it quite as graphic. And then, like episode five's battle was cool. You do see a human man explode. Yes, the guy who got purple misted. Yeah. There's a weapon in Halo called the Needler. <laughs> going there. And if you yeah. get, I'm going to very quickly describe what happens. If you get shot with like, I think it's six of the needles in like a whatever the clip size is. They, they super combine and, and then the they, body then explodes. They explode. <laughs> it's the, the thing that it is lodged into will just explode. So there's a scene in that battle in episode five where a Marine's riding in the back of a Jeep and he gets shot and just like uh, poofs into performance. He's, he's there one second and the next he isn't. <laughs> Those are the moments in this show that that are so like incredible. It just like, yeah, like yes! Yeah, and, and those are yes. honestly one of the shows at its strongest because Halo is really rooted in its like yeah. kind of military-ness. Uh-huh. In the action. Um, and that's why I've always really liked Halo because it's like Star Wars but more about like the wars part. <laughs> yeah. And and I've always been into that stuff like growing that, up. That's what I tried to say earlier. Like yeah, the main yeah, appeal yeah. of Halo was always the action. Yeah. And, and like the main characters are all like, you know, military leaders for the most part, you know. Yeah. Growing up, we, we live really close to a military base here. Yeah called camp pendleton that's yeah. I, that's actually the reason my grandpa moved here because he was a dentist in the military but growing up when halo first started coming out all like so many military guys around here were buying it and playing it yeah, like it yeah. was like the game that all the uh 
what are they called jarheads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. jarheads would like buy and like play and you'd see them like i go to walmart and they'd just be like so many guys up from the base going like we want that game get that game they're playing halo like on the little console in the aisle at walmart oh, yeah. like oh, looking up, you know? yep it's like a practice field or whatever <laughs> practice level yeah before call of duty it was halo mm-hmm. so what else is the jarhead gonna play you know right exactly so i gotta play pokemon <sighs> true <laughs> So this show isn't exactly what you would have wanted, but it was okay as far as story, quality of production, graphics, character let, development. Let me start. Yeah, you gave you go first. I'll start, and I'll say the, the the reason why I wanted so badly for Bryce to be here is because his opinion is pretty different than mine, and he can mellow me out a little bit. <laughs> Help me see the light, because I really did not like this show. Um, like most of it, there are, there are moments, like I said, and not just because it's violence and violent, <laughs> it, it, like, um, sometimes violent, uh, but, but there are moments of brilliance in the show. Kind of like how I felt with Cowboy Bebop where it's like, there's a lot going on. Most of it didn't work for me personally. Um, but yeah. there are moments of, of inspiration and brilliance and there's clearly something there, but I think that's mostly due to the credit of the sandbox that, you know, we're playing with, um, but for the most part, top to bottom, a lot of this show just didn't really connect with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story that they decided to tell, and I had swallowed the silver timeline pill pretty early on, and I was pretty much uh, willing yeah, to receive same, same. whatever these people were going to give to me. Um, but I just thought the quality of the writing, both you know, f- from the dialogue and from the story beats, it wasn't what I really wanted, like the caliber of it to be. Mm-hmm. And my expectations aren't high because a lot of modern science fiction and fantasy, it gets kind of mired in not just campy tropes, but just like a low quality of writing. Yeah. And it's a little bit depressing. Yeah, um, a little schlocky. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it, I compare like the, the level of writing quality to a show like The Expanse, if you've seen that. I you have you seen a little bit of that? Well, I was, I was going to compare this show to The Expanse. Yeah. Well, The Expanse gets pretty good as it goes. Yeah, I've only seen like the first two seasons, but it, it is it is that early on, and that's a fair comparison. I mean, there, there's a lot of comparisons. And but... I, I would even say Halo gets better as it goes. The the first episode, I was so convinced this was going to be such a cheesier show than it was. Yeah. And it then started to take itself much more seriously. Yeah. It did. It did do that, <laughs> and it, it certainly took some risks too, which I can appreciate. Um, also, I, I had a hard time with unprotected risks. Unprotected. <laughs> can we? We'll talk about that in a second. Hold on. <laughs> um, but yeah, also a lot of the set design and the CGI, <laughs> the production uh, elements, uh, were kind of hit or miss. There are moments where I think it looks brilliant. Yeah. And and really cool and honestly faithful to what Halo is. Mm-hmm. For instance, the interior of, of like the they're not pelicans in this show. I think they're called condors. Really yeah. cool. Um, they still have pelicans. Condors just like a bigger version. Yeah, some of the sets though, and some of the CGI. If we want to get into the lore. Yeah, we're gonna excuse me. Actually, <laughs> uh, some of it was weird at times though. Like there's even a scene in the first episode where Master Chief like throws down his assault rifle and it looks that, really. That was that's that's the one that stands out in my mind. It's yeah, like, it's like not even finished rendering. Terrible. <laughs> I don't terrible. know. It was really bizarre. Also, like, even though the budget is considerable, I think there are moments where in that same mindset of, like, modern, uh, big budget science fiction, sometimes it just looks fake. It doesn't look lived in. It's, the word I always think about is sterile. These environments feel very sterile. Yeah. 
And I think part of that is to be expected because of what uh, this human empire is at this point in time yeah. and the, the scale of everything. Yeah, you're, you're, you speak of the city on Madrigal. Yeah. yeah. Or, or even like in Reach, like it just felt kind of uh, bland. I know what you're talking about. And that was the one thing I was going to say. The, my only contribution to this podcast <laughs> was that like there's a lot of sci-fi shows like The Expanse or like Battlestar Galactica, even like Firefly, mm -hmm. that like when it comes to CG or like a setting a stage... Mm -hmm. or creating a set you know an actual set where the the characters the the environment that they're in it feels very like sterile to me and watching a lot of this show that i the, i only watched episode one and then i watched the finale today oh you did yeah um so i watched both of those they it just felt like a little bit off and yeah i see i, I see it a lot with these like sci-fi shows in particular the only one that can kind of redeem itself is like Star Trek Discovery because I think the environments are constantly changing and it's Star Trek so it feels like there's a little bit more to play with, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But like I, it's kind of like shocking sometimes like it, it was the it's the reason I couldn't get into Battlestar Galactica cuz it, it just felt so cheesy even totally though even though like the Battlestar. even though if the story was like good and gripping yeah. and like you were saying like it takes itself seriously. The same thing with Expanse. Like it was so hard for me to get into the Expanse because there's just something about it that's kind of like off to me, where it doesn't feel like, yeah, like lived lived in. I, I think, think Rian said lived in. Yeah, lived in for sure. Yeah. And that's what Star Wars feels like to me. It's like yeah, everything's. I would say Star Wars is like one of the few IPs that, yeah. that does that for the most part. Yeah. Like you think of like the planet Jedha, like in Rogue One, like that's like a place where people live yeah. for sure. Like that yeah. seems it's very believable. It's all and he's also just the aesthetic of. Of like the original trilogy, yes. Star Wars is kind of grimy. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like I, and and when I was watching the finale today, I was thinking of the sterility. I was thinking of, of episode two yes. of Star yes. Wars, episode two, Attack of the Clones, where like some some parts, like the CG is so bad, and then other parts, I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful and lush. Mm -hmm. Like I loved when they showed the the Halo yeah part, yeah. like that looked amazing and beautiful. I hated when they like cut back and they're on that little like throne room uh -huh. on top of the Mesa yeah. thing on that one planet. Like, and then I didn't like how like the in the interior of the, um, the spaceship was, but like back on, on the planet where they came from, yeah. that looked cool. But like, mm -hmm. it, it's almost like really hit or miss. I could like point like every other scene and be like, that looks awesome. That looks bad. That looks awesome. Yeah, it's that looks sterile. like there was a bunch of different ideas making their way into the show and yeah. not a singular vision. Yeah. Which I think is probably the case. Yeah. I also think they just didn't get people who what you know, regardless of the quality of the people that were, you know, producing these uh sets or assets. Uh I just never got the impression that these were people that really really care about Halo. Yeah. You know. And I mean as is indicative of, you know, the writers have said, you know, they don't care about the games. We're here to tell a different story, which again is fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, I, I like that. Yeah. Like I actually really appreciate that they're, that's probably one of the show's strengths is mm -hmm. that it doesn't rely on its iconography. You know, it's, yes. there's so few, you know, things out there, shows, games, movies, whatever, based on really popular IP mm -hmm. that doesn't use that IP as a crutch. 
And I think the Halo show really didn't. And I think the only way to do that is to like have it be made by people who genuinely don't really care, which has other problems. But yeah, it's I, most evident in not having Master Chief ever wear his armor. Yeah, like Master, <laughs> Master Chief is no icon, no yeah, icon in the room. Like that he, was mind blowing to me. He's like, it, it's been like a thing in all the games where like. Is he going to take his helmet off in this one? Like, are we going to get a glimpse at his eyes or something? Yeah. And you only do in, like, the special Easter egg ending in one of the games here or there. But, like, you never see Master Chief's face. You don't... He's a man of very few words. And this no is idea. the way. He's very much like the Mandalorian, you know, in that way. Like, um, even less, less words in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But he never yeah. takes off his helmet, never takes off his armor, as far as you know. Mm-hmm. Um... And but in the show, his helmet, his armor is off ninety percent of the time. Yeah. I'd say, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> which is that was another pill to swallow. Um, yeah, that's that was it was just it was jarring. But at the same time, as we as we got into it, like even into the second episode, I like I understood it. And mm-hmm. like, if you want to have a compelling story about a guy who's been indoctrinated his whole life, abducted as a child, grown up to be a weapon. The only way to really make it convincing is if you see his face. And I think, I'd also say, the actor Pablo Schreiber did a really good job of mm-hmm. of being this version of Master Chief. It's not necessarily, I'm glad it's not the only version of Master Chief, you know, but I, I do, I actually, for all the show's faults, I think... Master Chief is not really high up there on the, on the list for me. We should just say, Bryce, that you enjoyed most of the show. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's still like a 6 out of 10 to me. It's not like something I loved. Um, no Oscars. I think it's, it's just really exciting <laughs> still because it's like, oh, I get to see warthogs on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Like the, Though like there's the absolutely yeah. Jeep, you know. Like I mean, I still get goosebumps when those things happen. Yes. too. Um, but yeah, I would agree on the cast. I I like Pablo Schreiber. I've seen him in a few other things. I think he brought his A game to the show. And even though I don't think he, <laughs> I, I saw he, he was talking about his prep for the character and he was familiarizing himself with uh, the games in the war. I don't think he's played them, but he he knew what he was doing. And I I like what he did with the character. Most of my complaints, again, are the way things were written. I I do like what he, like how he embodied the Master Chief. Even though he was, it felt like a different character, I like what he did. Uh, The rest of the cast, most of them were pretty good too. Uh, What's her name? Natasha McElhone or something as Halsey was cool. I, I wish she played it a little bit more sassy or or cunning uh, we we do see that from her but halsey is like an she's a little older Mad in scientist. the lore yeah, yeah she's she's a little bit more of a powerful presence that feels like she's she she's like orchestrating everything i don't know um i liked soren was really cool the new character they introduced i think he was new yeah um, bokeem woodbine yeah bokeem woodbine is always amazing it was really cool to have him in the show and even though he kind of got he, he played a really like this, this for the lore, the way the Spartan program like kind of happened. Yeah, kids were kind of scouted by the UNSC, like the um, the good guys, the the humans, the good guys, um, <laughs> quote quote unquote, and they were abducted from their families, um, just like the Jedi are in uh, in Star Wars, 
And um, then they, they go through all this training to become like brilliant tacticians and, and like, you know, really good on the battlefield and everything. And then they undergo this like body augmentation where yeah. you get injected with all this shit and the juice and you get juice. It's like <laughs> mega steroids and you become the Captain America, uh-huh. you know, um, in, in the books and in some of the really, really deep lore, there's some cool stories about like the people who that didn't go so well for most of the Spartans die in the process, at least in the books. And mm-hmm. um, there's even stories about like, you know, one guy who had like one huge arm and then like lost his leg, you know, and, and Soren is kind of an example of that. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who was really badly hurt by the Spartan program and by the UNSC and he ran away. And, as Master Chief is kind of dealing with his discovering his humanity and who and his origins, um, Soren's kind of like a, a a figure for him to like, not necessarily aspire to be, but an example of what's what's beyond this. Like life. a guide, almost. Yeah, in in a, in a way. Um, but but Master Chief is a, a reluctant student. Opening the chakras a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. So let's talk about one of the elephants in the room, and that is the large subplot that is Quan Ha and the planet of Madrigal. So yeah. 60% of this show is this about- is Not ma- the family Madrigal. No. no. So 60% uh, of this show is about Jimmy Rings, a.k.a. John Halo, Master Chief. Yeah. <laughs> We're following him and the UNSC as they discover- <laughs> We haven't really talked about the plot of the show, but here it yeah, is in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, they discover this artifact on a planet- it is something from a long lost civilization, uh, technologically very advanced. And they find this amidst their conflict with the covenant, which seems a little reduced in the show versus what it sort of represents mm-hmm. in the old lore. And, uh, master chief is set on this collision course with this young character named Quan Ha on the planet of Madrigal. And she, her plot, which separates from the master chief in episode two of nine, she then gets about like 30 to 40% of the show specifically following her storyline, which has, again, nothing to do with Master Chief. Yeah, and, and won't probably have anything to do with the story going forward, I can imagine. Yeah, I have no idea what they're going to do going yeah. forward. Bryce and I have a couple theories, but I'm more interested because um, Bryce and I were both pretty critical of where this... St- like, <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely... I, I get what they were trying to do. I, I like that they were trying to introduce a, another main character that wasn't master chief yeah but it was it was so horribly so poorly written that to have just two storylines going on at once that that never really meet up again and um don't intertwine in in any way it just seemed very kind of and i to use the word like lazy but like yes just seemed like (laughs) at some point in the creative process somebody else came in and was like we can't continue this story people are going to hate this and then they didn't and then they just stopped it in episode six and didn't say a word about it again yeah i think lazy is the operative word it felt like just and maybe it's just because of the desert planet fatigue that we're kind of suffering in 2022 at Uh, least this one was orange more orange than tan it was genesis yeah. The sand was still coarse. <laughs> That's red. That's red. Yeah. It's orange red. It's, it's red orange. <laughs> it burnt sienna. Yeah. It's, it's called rusty. It's rustic. Yes. But no, they. Uh, it felt very derivative of all the other, you know, iconic properties like Star Wars, you know, Tatooine, what it is. Yeah. Dune, which we just had. Yeah, they even introduced yes. a like sort of chosen one arc uh-huh. with this with this Quan character. Yeah. And that was just, they also did that with the Master Chief, but that one 
kind of made sense for where the story went. Mm-hmm. But again, nothing that happened in the everything that happened in the Quan arc was insignificant because, I mean, unless we see it play out yeah, in in the, in, the, in the future, which I, I genuinely want to see because it would redeem this a little bit more. But at the same time, I don't really care for that arc. Yeah, <laughs> Quan ends up being like the hero of Madrigal. Yeah, whatever. And defeats. It's, it's although to be fair, one of my favorite parts of the show is Burn Gorman's super campy mustache twirling villain from Quan's subplot. And he, he always has this, plays characters like that. Yeah. He, he has this great moment in that episode, which is her episode, where I, he's like uh, trying to find her in this old camp and she's hiding. And he's like, if you come out, we'll let you live or something like that. And his henchman turns it to him like, really? And Burn Gorman does this incredible face, which you won't be able to see because this is a podcast, but it's like, Oh, that's a good face. He does this like squinty face. I wish you guys could see this. He right shakes now. his head. It's so funny, and it's it they, like those those campier parts were pretty. Yeah, they, they worked could, for me. I could see how people wouldn't like that, but but I do agree. It was, it did. Yeah, I don't know. It was totally different than it was. It was just than everything else. That I, but I just it was the only time in the show that I like laughed out loud, I, in a good way. Yeah, I I would say the show is is a is a bag of a lot of things that if you just told me what happened, I would laugh out loud. Or if I didn't watch it and you just told me the plot of the show and the individual moments that occur and the things that Master Chief does and the things that happen to him, I would think it was, you were A, joking, or B, that was just like, you know, an abysmal failure. And what is the first moment that comes to mind, Bryce? Um, Well, well, let me finish the thought first. Okay. (laughs) But... (laughs) When I watch it, uh-huh. these things in context are way less egregious to me cheesy. for some reason. Mm-hmm. They're they're less cheesy and they're less like you know sort of scarring than I thought they would be. It, um, <laughs> in the context of this show, like for example, Master Chief. Again, we've established who this is. For a stoic person, who never takes his armor off. He has sex <laughs> for the first time. For the first time. I mean. In the, 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 in the history of the franchise. Allegedly the first time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously we all know Master Chief fucks, right? He fucks. Yes, all but, the time he But fucks. in a different way. You know, you know, he fucks in his battlefield presence. <laughs> uh-huh. But he finds sexual gratification but this on time the battlefield. He, he, he finds sexual gratification in a traditional means. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. But. And who with, Bryce? <laughs> oh, well. Character we another another subplot of the show. Which I'm, yeah, yeah. There's a so there's another subplot of the show. There's a dyad in the force. They they essentially have a sort of dyad in the force thing, like they have had in Star in Star Wars. Star mm-hmm. War. Um, Star War. That one have one the great conflict in Star War. Yeah. So yeah, there's this. Uh, we've talked about the Covenant, the the alien empire. Um, they have kidnapped this girl named McKee. Um, it was like vaguely Scottish, um, vaguely, and the because she has this ability to to communicate with these ancient artifacts. Mm-hmm. One of which we talked about earlier, the humans found. Yeah. Um, and both sides believe these artifacts lead to the halo, and that's the ultimate goal of the covenant: to find the halo, because that will take them on their religious, you know, their holy, you know, Hajj, right? Um. It, like it, it, it's super religious. Yeah, they're just religious fanatics. zealots. Yeah, zealots, they yeah. they um yeah. they believe finding the halo will 
will satisfy their religious. It will be their hello, Take them into hello. the great beyond. Yeah, they sing that song. <laughs> that was my favorite scene. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so McKee can communicate with these artifacts. We've also found out that the Master Chief can communicate with these artifacts. Lucky, <laughs> lucky, and so they're you know they they have similar upbringings. They both were kind of abducted at a young age. Uh-huh. They both start to question you know the the world in which they were brought up in, mm-hmm. um, and they both have this incredible ability to to activate these these pieces <laughs> of, of of metal. And um, <laughs> when you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> Wait, they don't really establish it in the show, but it is Forerunner, right? Basically. Yeah, they haven't said that, but yeah, there's, there's like an ancient race in the Halo world called yeah. the Forerunners that kind of made everything as we know yeah. it. And, and they think Master Chief is one of these Forerunners? Not necessarily. In the show. Um, well, in the lore, it's kind of tricky. It, it gets into this, some nitty-gritty details like the mantle of responsibility. Yeah, this is some stuff that, this is kind of where I start to lose Halo. <laughs> but <laughs> I like um, some of those parts. Yeah, yeah, me too, but it's it gets messy. But... Anyways, they in, both have this ability, and uh, in the show, it's not explained, right? In what, fact, what I part think isn't explained. Like how they're able to interact no. with the artifacts. No, they don't. I think John it. at some point even says, "I don't know," as his explanation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Quad. But anyways, they have a connection, and yeah. they they consummate that connection at one point biblically. Yes, um, and it's it. They show it. <laughs> they show them. They not really. It's tasteful. They show them kissing, and then it shows them waking up in bed. I think he's behind her at one point. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you see his butt cheeks? Okay, no, not in that scene. No, but, but we do see plenty of cheeks. Yeah, and hence the, the nickname the Master Cheeks. We're talking like Game of Thrones cheeks. Okay, we're not shying away from. I think it's like. The cheek capita is like two per episode for most of. Yeah, we see Burn Gorman's cheeks at one point, we which see... was unexpected. Unexpected, yeah. Can we show your ass? Several Spartan <laughs> cheeks. Several Spartan cheeks, um, and somebody else. McKee. For some reason, we see yes, her naked see at one McKee point. That was cheeks. Odd. Isn't she the one that he sleeps with? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't in that scene though. Oh. No. <laughs> you actually don't see either. There's no nudity in that scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oddly enough. Oh. <laughs> you got to have foreplay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, perhaps yeah. a, just a tangent, perhaps the funniest part of the show, mm-hmm. in the the pivotal um, bang scene, as it's colloquially called, um, Master Chief has this AI, right, that we talked about, oh, Cortana. Yes. Cortana, in, in this lore, in the show's timeline, Cortana uh-huh. is like implanted into like his neural cortex. So like, She's she's literally could take control of his consciousness at any time. She's stuck she, inside she's, of him. She's there at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, she can also kind of manifest herself as like a hologram and like kind of wherever. Um, and so, Master Chief is like feeling part of why he has sex is because he trusts somebody who he has a connection with for the first time ever. And again, it's part of his journey of like discovering what it's like to be human. Mm-hmm. Which again, in the context, like. I'm, when it was over, I was like, "Oh, like that made that made sense for him." But again, weird. I I, I still wouldn't have. I would have preferred it didn't happen. But me too. Um, <laughs> but while they're banging, it cuts to Cortana. Yep. watching, watching, and kind of like <laughs> concerned and like but kind of like smirking at the same time. Like she's not in the room. Yeah, but like 
she's she's present and she can like feel it you know she's like she's like part of the process (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah strange there's a line in the finale where master chief is talking about how he knew that uh mckee wasn't lying to him when she gave him the location of the blah 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 covenant he says i don't know i just felt it yeah and then the admiral turns to cortana and she's like, did you feel it? And Cortana's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, she didn't say like that, yeah, but yeah. it was just like, it's there are moments like that where the writers are like, do they know what they're doing? <laughs> do they know how cheeky they're being right now? Well, since we're talking about the diet and the force, I wanted to extrapolate on that a bit and my own personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, like the things that I, that really connected me with Halo and I don't know if this was apparent to me then, like when I was growing up or looking back on it, what it means to me now, which is one of the reasons why I love Blade Runner so much is because it's not uh, a chosen one story. And yeah. not just Quan, but Bryce also mentioned Master Chief. They have this cosmic um, like connection or yeah. importance. And th- well, that's one of the reasons why it reminded me of like a Star Wars or a Dune so much. Uh, and I just don't like those I, I, I do I can understand those kinds of stories anymore, but I wish that they would have told it in a bit of a different way. Yeah, I would ultimately. agree. Yeah, it's what it's one of my big criticisms of like the the efforts of the writers. Even though we can like nitpick details and like corny lines of dialogue, you know, pieces of set production, that kind of thing. It just, it just seemed like the their only avenue to go without pulling heavily from the games. Yeah, because regardless, Master Chief in this world is going to be an extremely important, like, pivotal character in, like, humanity and, like, the battle with the Covenant, right? And the discovery of the Halo ring, Mm -hmm. as he is in the books and the the games. But he's sort of a reluctant chosen one in the previous lore, but just by virtue of being there. He's just, like, in the right place at the right time every time. That's true. And so he's now the savior of humanity. He's now the demon to the Covenant, Mm -hmm. and he's the reclaimer to the Forerunners, like, so this which means a lot of things but but so he has this great importance but like he kind of earns it and all of this he's kind of stumbling into um and you know it's just a I, again I'm not against it and I'm you know when there's a season two I'm gonna watch the shit out of it <clears throat> but yeah. yeah it's uh I do I do agree with you Gabe that I kind of wish they hadn't gone that route cause yeah just been done so many times yeah i was gonna say on top of that my other and something i hope they do address moving forward which is my second big piece of criticism is both uh sense of scale and also like the idea of the greater good a lot of what my problems boil down to in the writing is like the development of the characters like master chief in the show they seem very i think maybe petulant might be too strong a word but in the games, a lot of these things are addressed as like the greater sense of this existential threat that I mentioned is like we understand what we have to do to survive, and like there, this is this is literally like it's it's our the ma- a matter of our lives and the survival of our species. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times in the show where people are complaining about like things that have to be done to survive, it's it's it seems strange. Uh, to me and I think maybe that's just a, a personal issue again but like but I, I do think the sense of scale is 
they touch on it briefly in the show. We do get one small sequence of the glassing of a planet, which yeah. I think those things really flesh out this world. I, I think it could definitely do with more of that. Um, but I also think, and this is a, a criticism of, of the games, is that the only way you could tell a story in like first-person shooters, for the most part, is like through these like galactic moments, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's that the, the best things that happen in like the Halo stories like throughout most of the games is not necessarily interpersonal, you know, small moments between characters. It's not really anything to do with characters for the most part. It's like the fact that, oh my God, the Covenant found Earth. Yeah. Or like, oh my God, the Covenant destroyed Reach or or we blew <laughs> up a Halo ring or something. Like those <laughs> are the moments yeah. that kind of define the series. The set pieces. Yeah, it, it's the set pieces. Yeah, and so I would say to the show's credit, like it actually gives halo as like a concept a platform to like flesh out the behind the scenes stories which are actually very interesting and and i would say um you're talking you said how people didn't really act as if like you know the fate of humanity was at stake i Mm -hmm. think i think you do get a sense of that um there's just a a key part of the show is like how humanity gets in their own way all the time that's so there's this great like sense of bureaucracy in the unsc mm-hmm. that like really impedes progress and so you start to see that, that kind of the, the villain the gray villain of the show halsey her idea for humanity is basically for it to no longer exist <laughs> um and to improve humanity to a, to an, a point where we can we're no longer conscious basically where we let ai r- run the ship and you start to see like okay well halsey her thoughts are kind of valid but she's still the bad guy you know but but i I do think like i don't know there's just always that push and pull of like well we can't necessarily do the thing that we need to do to save humanity because that's halsey's idea that's like there's still a lot of gray area there and and while that games have always been pretty black and white and like what's good and what's bad Mm -hmm. covenant good people or covenant bad people good um and so i don't know i i i do i do like that part about the show that's a good point yeah um, where, where Master Chief like ended up in this the last episode where he almost like seems like the actual version of himself now yeah. that he's unconscious do you think they'll continue with that going forward or do you think John will like regain consciousness again I think John will come back but yeah I do think that they this was very intentional it, it seems like a reshoot kind of like a rewrite idea to I, me. I was actually expecting not having seen any of the episodes between one and nine I was expecting them to like have him stranded on Halo and like oh, have yeah. like season two basically be like him on Halo, like yeah, straight from yeah. Halo. Like I thought that would have been a really cool thing to do, but, but this, that where they, where they left off with him kind of seeming more like the master chief from the games was cool too. I was, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that they continue that going forward. Yeah. Me, Cause me I'm too. all about, I love, I love when things, even if I don't care about the IPs, I, I truly don't hear I love when things actually pull from their source material yeah, and they maintain that because, yeah. because to me, it's like, there are these beloved IPs. Let's just keep that going. Why would you ever f- augment that? You know? Yeah. So I, I do, I'm all I, about that. I do like the idea of a blank slate with, yeah. with not making it canon. Mm-hmm. Um, with with everything, there's you know? a lot of successful shows that like almost begin with season two because yeah. because the showrunner leaves after yeah, like the first uh, um, one, uh, and it's like you don't even need to watch that season. Just I, start I didn't with season watch two. past season 
too, but but Westworld. Yeah, that that was a show where I liked the concept in season one. Yeah, better right. than yeah. what it became. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that show kind of started at yeah. the end of season one, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, Man in the High Castle is another show. I would yeah. actually, I'd put that on a similar level of like, maybe it's a little bit less, some level of like quality acting, CG, everything. But to answer your question, yeah, I think, uh, I think they're definitely going to lean into, I, th- I think season two is going to kind of start where the kind of the games are around like Halo Reach into Halo 1. And um, they're definitely going to make Master Chief look and act like how we've seen him before i i, would, I hope I would so I mean, from guess. the games from the yeah. games i love that she's like john are you there and then he just like stares yeah. off into the- we didn't talk about that actress as well i thought she was she was one of my favorite parts of the show uh, kai kai the other she's, spartan who kind of yeah gains consciousness as well she um, was one of the ones that bugged me the most really as far as as far as actresses go if i was just diagnosing like acting wise from like the half, first and last half episode. of the actors are like great the other half are just like bother me you know you know it's a hard part for the people who play the spartans for to sure. play because for yeah sure. they for are sure. very robotic i i would say paul schreiber does a better job at it than um i forget her name but she's like a pretty prolific voice actor i know mm. that much so she hasn't done much screen stuff. the actress who did kai do kai oh. yeah cortana's voice actor was the original voice yeah. actor that played cortana Jen taylor yeah yeah yeah, she's amazing. Like she's great. She, she's always killed it. I thought I thought it was really cool. I didn't like. I mean, from listening to it on the speakers, I didn't like how she sounded in his head. The way that they mixed that was really strange to me. It was like almost like too loud. You know, is that how it is in the games? I gotta say, in the the last episode, I thought the mix was really bad. Oh, okay. Just on the technical level, I, yeah. I was putting the volume up and down. Like yeah. Every other scene. Yeah. The most egregious part of that was when they finally started to sample the Marty O'Donnell score. The iconic Halo theme yeah. is in that final battle where Chief uh, is fighting, like he's one v one thousand. One v one thousand. And you could hear Chiefs. underneath in the mix, it's buried, but you can hear Marty's score. I was like, where? What? And it's yeah, like, I would it's, say it's mired in sound it, effects. Push it. <laughs> I was talking about not leaning into the iconography before. Yeah. Like, why not lean into that one? Like, that's oh, that's not like cheap. That's like yeah. only going to make your story better yeah, by be having like incredible music. Music, yeah. I mean, think yeah. about some of the movies that I know we appreciate, like Man of Steel. Not a very good movie, but like, god <laughs> damn, the music <laughs> makes it a masterpiece. Yeah. yeah, I will say, actually, I. I started off pretty sour because of that on the score. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even though they didn't use the masterpiece that was there before, I actually really dug the 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 sound they were going for. I would agree. The These, synthy kind of, especially like when they're on the Halo ring. Yeah, there it's were a moments. Really cool, like swinging synth situation. Yeah. It's speaking of Vangelis, there were moments where I was like, that sounds inspired by Vangelis. And I thought it was cool. It, it, it did pull me in. And like the intro theme is actually not bad. Yeah. Whether I liked that. Yeah. That was so cool. cool. If every part of the show looked like that intro, I'd be so into it. And it's, it sucks. Cause then you go back to the regular show and the CG is just not up to that par. And you're like, you, you have it like it's right in front of you. Yeah. Just reach out and grab it. Like, do, I, do you guys know how much the budget was for this show? Like per episode? Oh man, I can't Hi. recall. Really? 
It would seem low to me. I like I would I would guess around like six to seven million per episode. That's what I was thinking. When which I said to high, me but... is low. Yeah. Because y- you you compare that to shows like Game of Thrones that are like twenty million to twenty five million per episode. Oh my god. So that's high. This seems really low. Yeah. I mean, but but it but it's you know big for Paramount because Paramount course, doesn't yeah. have the money that HBO does. Yeah, I think it was reported ten million per episode. Yeah. According yeah, to my, my friend said the best thing after like one of the first <laughs> trailers came out. He said it looks both very expensive and very cheap at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and it does. It like, does. I, I would say the practical effects look fucking awesome. Yeah. Like the, yeah. And, and the set pieces, as you talked about, the interiors of the ships, the the um, Spartan armor, like yeah. it is just so cool. Yeah. Oh god, the Master Chief armor is like on point. It's I loved perfect. it. Real it's perfect. quick, talking about the finale. Real, yeah. I was gonna say, as funny as that like final map i guess i'll call it looked it did look just like a halo 3 multiplayer map i was thinking of look like sand trap yeah sand trap exactly like sand trap. i was like they literally just made it was funny for people who didn't play the games it's literally yeah. a halo 3 multiplayer map as yeah. like this this showdown yeah space yeah that's cool though you yeah. know paying homage to the yeah also a couple other things worth noting i'm pretty sure well it was confirmed i suppose if you consider the captions to be an authority the that uh brute with the the one without the helmet was atriox it looked like him yeah it did look like him but i i wasn't sure if they were gonna well he had white white paint on his face yeah it i mean all signs pointed to atriox but with i never would have thought you know because of all the things they're pulling from that they would have like arbiter is out in the wind somewhere but atriox is here which is kind of cool because now we can set up um, we're combining like old halo with new halo but atriox i think was he was the main villain in halo wars 2 and in halo and, infinite yeah we he's don't kind of like a distant no. he was a dis he was like a pulling the strings kind of uh yeah. do we even know at the end of halo infinite what he's atriox alive. is he's alive okay yeah he's a big bad in halo so it'll be cool to see hopefully he's not dead because when they have that pelican you moment at the end in the game or, uh, in, the oh, show. in the show, in the show, you're right, you're right. Because yeah. in the show, as soon as Cortana takes over Master Chief's body and goes Super Saiyan, <laughs> she calls. It was like an Avengers moment. She calls the Pelican out of the wind, and yeah. it just swoops down and annihilates the Covenant forces. And Atriox gets like just mowed down. I hope he's around moving forward, because one of the biggest things I felt that was missing was more Covenant, obviously, from this yeah. season. And there's so much incredible drama. The best Halo story ever was was in halo 2 we're fleshing out the covenant story and the drama the the schism the civil war all that inter empire uh drama politics yeah it, it, it's so good and so i hope the 17 grunt rebellions <laughs> the the i can't even remember what the hunters are called the glug 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 yeah <laughs> i don't know but there's so much storytelling potential and i'm i think potentially one of the reasons they veered away from that was because of money. But I think if there's any safe bet moving forward into season two of Halo, it's that, I mean, if any other franchise hmm. is a, a parent, you know, we will probably have a better looking show, you know, like, great. Yeah. I think I that hope so. like Witcher sense. two to Witcher one, it felt like the money was there. So I just hope that and Paramount, from what I've heard, like the viewership is there. 
Yeah, I think so. But I don't know that for sure. I'm sure there's a lot of Halo fans just like you guys who are just like watching this show, like crossing their fingers, waiting for it to Dude, just I mean, like the, the vitriol online you know? is that people, so many people just absolutely hate it. Yeah. But I keep talking about every next episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's the thing is it's, you're so dedicated to this IP. It's so hard not to just be so curious about what's going to happen next, you know? Yeah. How do you feel about those FPS sequences, Bryce? Uh, the Doom sequences. I like those. You like those? Yeah, I think they probably did a little bit too much of it towards the beginning. Um, but in the last episode, I thought it, I thought it worked. Did you like those, Steven? When they did yeah. the in-helmet stuff? Yeah. yeah. What about the McKee death moving forward? Oh, yeah, I don't fucking care, man. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm glad. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I kind of reluctantly was like okay with who she was. I'm kind of glad the Covenant didn't actually like her. Because that was always a weird thing. Because the government like are like very anti-human. Yeah, um, I did like her look. Yeah, yeah. And I like what she meant for Master Chief, even in the final episode. I think mm-hmm. Charlie Murphy, who is the actress who plays Baki, is low key the most talented person on the cast. Yeah, she was good. She's, yeah. she's really good. She did a great job. Also, missed opportunity when <laughs> Kai, or it was Riz, when Riz was like melting from the plasma grenade at the end. A missed opportunity for Master Chief or someone to say Spartans never die. They're just missing in action. <laughs> Spartans never die. Riz, get up. Okay, so final question. Yeah. But Gabe, Bryce gave it a 6 out of 10. What would you give it? You can't ask me to rate this. I want you to rate it. And that's not even a definitive. It's just like... Oh, I know. It's that range. I know. You know? Yeah. It's Roughly 5, 6, 7 out of 10. My scale is a little weird because I don't grade Tell, it. Say it. I you don't get, grade I it. I want to know. 3, I, 2, I, no. 1. It's a 4 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> at, at its best, it's a 4 out of 10. Honestly, at its I'm, best. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pulling punches because I respect Halo and I respect bryce as a friend and as an as a scholar yeah no you have you've had you've uh, i was much more ruthless you've when exhibited I was a lot of restraint today but compared to the I, stuff I, i've heard from him in the past shitting on look there like i he, said he's like i mean in the, one of the last episodes that was just put out we were talking about halo and he's like as a fan of halo this just isn't for me <laughs> No, listen. If first of all, if you like this show, that's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you, and there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> no, honestly, there's a lot of things. I mean, sometimes I'm like, how, how do you like that show, or how do you not like this thing? Yeah. But with Halo, I fully understand every side. I, I, I really get it if you love it. Well, that may be a little hard to understand. Yeah. I really get it if you. Appreciate My favorite part it, was Quan. And I really get. If you hate it, yeah, I, 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 I'm looking forward to the future of Halo. Yeah, as always, cautiously optimistic. Uh, yeah, it's just been such a ride, man. But I'm just like all AAA games. I have made peace yeah. with my demons. And uh, how about yours, listener? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, I've made peace with my demon, aka Master Chief. Master um, Chief, the demon. And I just want to see Halo. You know, let's let's get back. Let's get on Halo. I would die in a good way to see the flood. Like, I really hope they don't mess that up. Yeah. Because the flood is like, it's like a parasite thing that like infects. It's like zombies. Yeah, it just makes people like into zombies. And you want to see more Halo in your Halo show? 
Yeah, that'd be nice. Just like Boba Fett in the Boba Fett show. Yeah. 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 That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's Paramount Plus Halo the show. Halo the show. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It's just Halo. Thanks, Bryce, for being here again. Yeah. That's good to hey, see. Fun. Really any, fun. Any see you. Any closing remarks? Any shout outs? Next see, time on the Survivor. <laughs> yeah. oh. Survivor's ready. <laughs> Cue the Halo theme. Ba 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 ba. What are you guys looking forward to right now? Survivor season finale. Really? Oh, Survivor? The reality show? Oh, I didn't even know they were still yeah, making Survivor, to be honest. Really? It yeah, feels Survivor. like definitively in the 2000s for me. Survivor is like one of the greatest shows of all time. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to check I haven't it out. watched all of it. Isn't it all like contrived? Like it's, it's. Are you saying it's fake? Survivor is the most real. I, like, I'm not. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, for they're sure. actually surviving. Yes, that's they're all not, like, very dropping real. dropping, like, a package of meat. No, that's, it's very real. It's it's more real than Bear Grylls' in the show, like, for sure. They have to kill chickens? Or, like, kill things to, to eat? Yeah, yeah. Would you kill a chicken to survive, Stephen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>